If you're new to our podcast, we're currently recording season three, so make sure and get caught up on these old episodes of season one and two so you can join us for current episodes airing every Thursday or a day early if you're a Patreon member. That's patreon.com slash how I met your friends pod. Hello and welcome to How I Met Your Friends, a podcast where three ladies are going to compare and contrast How I Met Your Mother and Friends. Tonight, me, Julie, is coming at you from laying on the floor with a back (laughs) slash shoulder thing. So, yay. (laughs) I'm laughing at myself and it's it's dumb. I'm just thinking about the... Addresses in Harry Potter. Yours would be Julie swearing to the living room floor <laughs> instead of the cupboard <laughs> under the stairs. Yes. Woo! Um, on the couch is Allison. I'm Allison, and Julie and I are in Portland. Yay! And we're tired, but we're always tired. I feel better today than I did last week, and uh, via Skype, who I can't see because I'm on the floor, and I'm so sorry, but it's cool. Your boots look great. Thank you. I got new boot boots. <laughs> Shiz. I'm Kathleen. I'm also on a couch, but I'm three hours away in Central Oregon. You are. Hey, uh, Kathleen, real quick, what is the exciting thing that happened this weekend? Well, the really exciting thing that happened is that we just got a litter box and some litter for the cat. So that's we now have not, indoor cat. That's not what I'm talking about. I know. <laughs> Priorities. Exciting things. What? Priorities. I mean, I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. I mean, I'm super <laughs> happy that your cat's not going to freeze to death this winter. Well, she's never frozen to death. She just sleeps in the neighbor's barn. But the real, okay, the reason that we did that is because she had been sleeping inside, and it's really disruptive to our sleep to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and let her out, and yeah. then get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, anyway. That was supposed to just be, like, real quick and funny, but here we are. Um, Over the weekend, my client went into labor, and she had her baby boy on Saturday afternoon, so... Yeah, it was so cool to... It was... Like, know that you were there doing that stuff. Yeah, I I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, mostly because it's her story to tell, but it was really, really incredible to watch. Um, I mean... I've seen births before. I've been in delivery rooms, but this was absolutely the most hands-on that I've ever been. I know. I'm so proud of you. And um, I'm going to, I told you my friend from Blockbuster just announced her pregnancy. So I'm going to try and convince her to hire you. Okay. Because, I mean, come on now. Um, Um, If our listeners are um, expecting a baby in 2019. And you're in the state of Oregon. Email. Actually, no. I mean, I'm. Working on certification. Well, I mean, obviously, ideally, it would be in Oregon because you have to be, you have to have a business license in every place. Right, right. But I would travel. Very cool. Um. Uh, and everyone, listen to our little bonus episode about our feelings with the Netflix announcement yesterday that kind of got unannounced. We're not going to go into it today. 
suffice it to say, Friends is staying on Netflix for the foreseeable future. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Was there anything fun that happened to anybody this weekend? I did a holiday bazaar and didn't sell anything, but got to hang out with some of my friends. Uh, we technically wrapped production for the literary journal that I volunteer for. Oh, that's true. Your, uh, yeah. your party thing is tomorrow night. Yeah, the launch is tomorrow, and we'll have authors there reading, and it's going to be great. So that's, I know, that's so cool that you, like, do that. Um, I don't do anything cool like that. Yeah, you do. I guess I do the freelancers union, but I, I mean, it's not the same. <laughs> um, um... I can't think of anything else I wanted to talk about personal. Like, let's get to the shows. <laughs> okay. We good? Yeah, I'm we good. We good, Kathleen? You good? Um, we put up Christmas lights. Eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go get a Christmas tree this weekend. I think we might be getting our Christmas tree this weekend, too. Straight from the forest. Ooh, That's that does sound time. fun. We used to do that a lot when I was a kid. I miss doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, well... Okay, enough sad reminiscing. No, I get to spend my first Christmas with my nephew, who just turned six months old on the 29th. It was his half-birthday. That's happier. I know. Yeah. He's a little ham, and I'm very excited to see him at Christmas. A little ham. He is. I guess uh, Brittany's mom is calling him Hammy. Aw. Like, that's his nickname, is Hammy. That's cute. It's so cute. He's so stinking cute. Um, Okay, so tonight... Both episodes are Thanksgiving episodes, um, and I think it might give us an opportunity to talk about some of our less than ideal Thanksgivings that have happened, which is always fun, because, you know, it does happen. Not every Thanksgiving is perfect, man. We're going to start with Friends, which is titled The One Where Underdog Gets Away. Allison, did you watch Underdog as a cartoon when you were a kid? Is that too old for you? Um, You know, I may have seen... Like, the early 2000s reboot where there's a CGI underdog, but that's Ugh. probably all I've seen. No, so bad. Kathleen? Uh, I did watch a little bit of underdog, but not, I mean, we weren't really into that. Oh, I watched underdog with my dad and, like, what was the other one where there was a grape ape? Uh, is it that just called grape ape? I don't know. No. You know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? No. Yeah. It's like the Hanna-Barbera cartoon hour or something, and it was Grape Ape. We watched a lot of cartoons in my house. Uh, Saturday mornings were for cereal and cartoons, so moms could sleep in. Um, But our episode opens with Rachel asking her boss at Central Park, who the actor playing Rachel's boss, and I believe he's only in like this episode and one other one, is also the actor who played the dad on ALF. Kathleen, did you notice that? No. Yeah. I used to watch Elf a lot. I actually had an animatronic Elf as a kid. Or a That's frightening. stuffed one. I think he talked. I don't remember now. Um, she needs $100 for... Now, this gets a little confusing. I thought she needed $100 for an air for airfare, but I wrote down $100 for ski tickets. But I think it's tickets to get to Vail to go skiing with her family. Yes? I, that's what I was under the okay. impression of, because she... She comes in, like, later in the episode saying she's got tickets and right. something about the plane leaving. Yes. Um, so, $100 for plane tickets from New York to Vail, Colorado is ridiculous. Would never happen. Not even in 1994. Well, so, I joked with you about inflation. Ka- what, oh, Kathleen? 
So maybe it was the lift ticket. I don't know. So, Allison, what you went and looked it up. Oh, yeah. So I joked with you about inflation. And even even with inflation, $100 in 1994 is like only 170 175 bucks today. So, so that still doesn't sound right. If anybody knows of an airline where you can get across the country, basically, for less than $200, you need to let us know. And, I mean, you can slide into the DMs for that, for sure. I can't even get a round trip to Orange County for less than 250 I'm pretty sure you can't even get from Portland to Vegas for that. Like, it's like puddle jumping, and it's still, anyway. But I do love that he looks at her and he says, Rachel, you're a terrible, terrible waitress. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not. Does anybody need coffee? And everyone in the cafe goes, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, she ends up asking another customer for an advance on the tips, and he leaves in a huff. Um, and we find out from Monica that her, the parents are not going to be in town for Thanksgiving, and Ross argues with her. Um, do you guys have siblings that do this, that no matter what you say to them, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like, I'm going to go prove you're wrong. Uh, I feel like maybe one of my siblings used to be that way, but is no longer that yeah. way. I think Brittany and I are very much, or used to be very much like that. We could not believe the other if they said something. Um, and Joey walks in wearing makeup. And he looks nice wearing makeup. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, just a little bit of blush, a little whatever. Very subtle. Very subtle. But Chandler kind of <laughs> loses his mind. And it's like, what are you doing? And Joey's like, I am now Joey Triviani, actress slash model. Chandler goes, really? I thought you were Joey Triviani, man slash woman. Not, yeah. not a good thing to say. Yeah, that was a little cringy. Yeah, I... I, I not mean, even a little, it was. Well, so you know that they... I think we talked about this, or I read something. They had originally thought about making Chandler gay. Okay. And then meeting Matthew Perry and how, like, awkward and uncomfortable he is, they were like, no, let's make him straight, but have him be, like, super, like, he can't get women. But he seems, like, so the writers almost wrote him obsessed about being thought of as gay, though. Because it wasn't it just the last episode where he was upset that people thought he was, but then... That he had a quality. Yeah. But, but then also upset that he, they thought the one guy was too good for him and out yeah. of his league. So Chandler seems unsure of himself, perhaps. Um, uh, anyway, Ross confirms that his the parents are going to be out of town, and so Monica says she'll host. And so then it would, if it had been, so the basically the way it comes down to is it's going to be Ross and Monica, and Chandler and Phoebe, because Phoebe celebrates it later. Sorry, because her. Grandma's boyfriend is lunar, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Nope. And then Joey's going to be out at his family's house uh, in, like, Long Island or wherever, Queens. And Chandler will be there, but he doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And we're going to find out why. Um, so, and, God, and then Rachel keeps doing shoop, shoop, shoop. That, that, is that supposed to be ski sounds? Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah. 
<laughs> See, <laughs> Kathleen did it better. <laughs> Kathleen did it so much better. Well, right. Ka- you're not a skier, right, Allison? No, I've never skied. Okay. I've done... Yes, yes, Julie, I've skied on the wintry slopes of Georgia. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking. Maybe you go to Athens. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to Florida and Disney World. I'm just saying. That, I can drive to that, You can drive to that? Yeah. It's like an eight-hour drive, but I can drive to that. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if there's ski mountains within an eight-hour drive of you, so I just, I had to ask. Uh, not that I know of. I don't actually know of any ski mountains on the East Coast. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I just don't know of them. Yeah, they're up in North, as far as I know. Um, I've been downhill a couple of times. I've been cross-country a couple of times. And I have been on one fateful snowboarding excursion where I only got up three times. And then we went in the, uh, whatever and drank Jaeger until it was time to leave. Yucky. (laughs) I like Jaeger. Um, it was really good. Uh, but it's really funny. Ross makes some sort of comment about going to see the baby or going to Carol and Susan's to get something. And Phoebe goes, ooh, let's invite Carol to Thanksgiving dinner. And Ross likes, goes, ooh, ooh, no, because then she'll bring her ooh, ooh, lesbian life partner. <laughs> Sorry. It's... I feel like it's the same with when Nana dies twice of, and now she's passed. Like, David Schwimmer has a very excellent way that he affects his speech pattern. Like, and his, so what's funny is, you know, over the seasons, we all notice that Chandler has, like, really affected speeches of, like, um, my scones, my scones! But... I don't think people give David Schwimmer enough credit for doing it with Ross. Almost like encyclopedia. Like, you know, I think it's just David Schwimmer just himself because um, when I got home the other night and you were watching Blossom. Was it last night? Was it when we got home last night and you were watching Blossom and David Schwimmer is playing Six's boyfriend? Is that right? Yeah, he plays an older guy that's like in his late 20s dating a 17 year old oh that's yucky oh, that but whole, he has yeah. like, that same affected speech pattern even where in, he, in that character yeah yeah where he likes to pronunciate certain words in their syllables so mm-hmm. yeah i think he's a better actor than people give him credit for um ross goes over to carol and susan's house carol's not there so he has to talk to susan he needs this skull back there's some funny things about what does it look like like a human head, but no skin. <laughs> um, oh, can I tell you my favorite line in this scene, or would you rather say it? No, please say it. So Ross is like, you sure have a lot of books about being a lesbian, and Carol's like... Susan. Susan, sorry. Susan's like, yeah, you know, they ha- you have to take a class, otherwise they don't let you do it. <laughs> you have to take a test or something. <laughs> it is really good. Um, I love her so much in that scene. like a double entendre. She means, like, they don't let you be a lesbian, but maybe they mean they don't let you do it. Right? Like, yeah, there's a, a secret handshake that you have to know or something to to be in the club. Um, uh, I don't know. I kind like, she kind of rubbed me the wrong way early on with how she it felt like she was booting Ross out, but I absolutely loved her in this scene. You know, I think they do give, and if I remember correctly, the actress's name is Jessica Hecht, and she was yeah. on another show later on in the 90s on, I think, NBC, 
um, with an actor named Jonathan Silverman and somebody else, and she's she's actually really good at playing the friendly but like straight man in the comedy routine. So she's mm-hmm. not supposed to be funny. She's saying really dry, sarcastic things, and you but you want to die because she's funny. Oh, I love that kind of humor though, and she did yeah. it really well in this scene. I think she does it really well throughout the entire series because when they, the wedding episode and um, her and Ross dance and she goes, I'm a lovely person once you get to know me. (laughs) You're just like, okay. Um, And I do think the recasting of um, Carol um, from the first actress we saw, and I couldn't confirm, but I think this is the first time we see the new Carol. She's way better. And for all the episodes of Friends, which is like 200 plus, she's only in 15 episodes. Yeah, which is wild because they're supposed to have like a kid. We're going to talk about how the children in this show are basically like a very, very, very small subcategory to the storyline. They're almost like props. They are. And this is not how kids work in real life at all. Oh, no. enough, it's not. So, we find out that Susan's been reading a kid's book, Yertle the Turtle, to the fetus, to the baby bump. And Ross says, do you guys talk about me? And she goes, yeah, but we just call you Bobo the Sperm Guy. <laughs> um, so, then we're back with the gang, and Ross doesn't think that the baby can hear inside the womb, and Phoebe does. And this is the first time we ever get the put your head in this turkey, because... It happens later in a flashback where Joey's head is in a turkey, and then there's the one where Monica's head is in the fake turkey and she dances. Mm -hmm. Um, But Phoebe says, here, stick your head in here, and we'll keep talking, and you'll be able to hear us. Chandler goes, I would really like to butter your head. (laughs) Which is almost a little sexual. Um, And Ross's sweater is magnificent. This big, chunky, like, fair isle knitted monstrosity and I just want to have it and wear it with leggings. Oh, my mom had so many chunky sweaters in the 90s. Oh, God, love. I miss the 90s so much sometimes. I mean, you know I do, but like chunky clothes. sweaters and stirrup pants. <gasps> Don't talk to me about stirrup pants. Oh, I have. And unitards. My mom had this unitard that snapped in the crotch. Oh, yeah. So that go to the bathroom. I thought that was the greatest invention ever. Oh, yeah. I love the bodysuits with a scoop neck. I mean, it's oh, basically... Sexy. It's basically... A, turtle. a oh, turtleneck. Better. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the, the snap crotch is basically like the woman's version of the... What are the, like, the suspenders for men that go between your shirt tails and their socks? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I can't think of what they're called. But it's like they're both just methods of keeping your shirt tucked in. True story. Yeah, I don't remember what they're called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Rachel comes in. She's bummed out. She didn't make any extra tips. In fact, at the last count, she owed money because she broke a glass. But everybody pools their money and gives her the $100, which, okay, in 1994, we can't buy plane tickets online yet. So she had to actually take that $100 down to, like, a travel agent. Oh, That's that- why she had to come back. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to sound like super ignorant. That's, is that really where, how you bought plane tickets in the 90s before the internet? Yeah. You would go to a travel, travel agent. You, you couldn't buy them like the airport? I don't know. Well, so yeah, you, could, you couldn't 
spot them at the airport. I mean, just think of how many times in TV shows. I mean, Chandler and Joey, or I mean, Chandler and Janice went to the airport, and he's like, I need a ticket to somewhere. And the lady's like, you can have a ticket to Yemen. Yes. You, I, I don't know because I was a child, and I didn't actually – I only flew one time as a child. But um, I, I think that you may have been able to buy tickets at the airport, like at the baggage check-in. Even ahead of time, though? Like, no, I – no, that's what I, I – no, I out. agree with that because when, when Ross goes to get uh, Rachel, he buys a ticket – so they can get past security because that that was after 2001 and that's all that you had to have a ticket. But what I'm saying is, what to answer Allison's question is, is to get it beforehand, you, have to you did have to go to a travel agent. Okay. So when, when we booked our trip to Puerto Rico and then... What year? Uh, so I was 12, so 91. Okay. Uh, no, 93. Sorry, I was born in 81. Holy crap. Um... We went to a travel agent because they talked to the travel agent down in California that my aunt and uncle were working in so that we all got on the same flights and the same boat. And then in 97, when I went to Paris, we used a travel agent because they booked all of the tickets for the kids because it was with the school. So that was taken care of. And then when I went to... Costa Rica for my friend's wedding in 2000 and I want to say two um we did it through a travel agent because we didn't have I didn't know how to book plane tickets and like my friend just told me where to go and how to get like the bus to her town and we just we went and bought the tickets from a travel agent like cool they did everything so did the internet internet excuse me make travel agents kind of obsolete or I, w- kind of I mean I would say yes and no I think there's still a few around but that's when people want to maybe um plan like I'm going to this for a month you know I'm going to Italy for a month and I want you to put me on like a walking tour or something mm-hmm. like I very think, elaborate vacations yeah I think so I think that travel well so travel I know somebody that was a travel agent like that was her career and it, I mean, the internet did significantly damage her business, and eventually she did kind of retire and like move on to other things. But the decline that they saw was, I mean, most people, like Julie was saying, if they want to have something planned, they'll still figure out, they'll find resources. But I, I know for a fact that they still exist to some capacity because every time Trevor travels for work not talking about fires, I'm talking like, oh, I have to go to Kansas City or Wichita for training. Like, he has to go through a travel company. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's like, he could get on the internet and buy his own, you know, figure it out, but that's a requirement for his position. That's crazy. Um, so, uh, but here's where we find out why Chandler doesn't do uh, Thanksgiving. So Monica's gone and gotten all the groceries and she brings back his tomato soup and fixins for grilled cheese. And Rachel says, what's this about? And Chandler says, you know, imagine you're, what is he like? I think nine. Yeah. Nine years old. Mm -hmm. Basically at Thanksgiving dinner, he's eating pumpkin pie and his parents decide to tell him that they're getting divorced. And he like throws up all of Thanksgiving dinner. 
Thanksgiving. Something about Thanksgiving's always fun when you see, see it, it in reverse. reverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we cut to Joey in the subway. He's hitting on a girl. And then just as they're about to leave, we see the poster behind him. So the modeling thing that he'd gone and done was supposedly for, like, these advertisements that were all around the city about getting healthy wellness checks. Except for the one they picked for him was Mario has VD. <laughs> Mario's not telling you something. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard the first time I saw that. And can we, for the youngsters, explain what VD is, Julie? Well, I mean, I don't believe it's still used, but back then it basically encompassed a lot of them, but it was just called venereal disease. So, like... Okay, but you just said a lot of them, so we're going to break down even further. A lot of STIs. STIs, at the time still called STDs, but STDs are ones that cannot be killed. STIs are ones that you can just basically take, like, so chlamydia gonorrhea and like one other one you can take some antibiotics and you should have no other like symptoms but stds like herpes and syphilis are not necessarily treatable unless you catch them i mean which i think herpes is not treatable at all but syphilis is if you catch it in time i don't know (laughs) i don't know and i don't really want to know but at at that time they were everything just still kind of got classified as venereal diseases so there was a time that my grandpa told me a a story about the korean war and he was like well all the boys came back he either said vd or the clap and i was like what's that (laughs) my mom's like please stop telling her these stories (laughs) oh jesus yeah my grandpa liked to tell the story about how all the boys in camp one time got the same strain of i think he said the clap Gee, I wonder how that happened. Right? Um, I feel like I should say, disclaimer, disclaimer, don't use this podcast as a source of medical information. Oh, please do not. <laughs> if you have anything going on down below the be- belt, both Kathleen and I, as current and former sexual health educators, will tell you right now, get your ass to a doctor. Amen. Nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, I don't care, somebody who can tell you, What's going on down below? And In the land down under. Just go off of the internet. Although that is a good place to start. Right. But you'll think that you have cancer, so just go <laughs> talk to somebody. Um, okay, so here's, what, here's what's funny. I wrote this down. Kathleen, I think you'll like it. When the girl that Joey's hitting on sees the poster and she says, I just realized I have something else I have to do. And he goes, what? And she goes, leave. I look at Allison and I was like, fuck politeness. This is so what Karen and Georgia would tell you to do on My Favorite Murder is if you see something that a guy is doing, whether it's an unfortunate poster behind him or he starts giving you the crazy eyes or something else a la Barney, just fuck politeness, walk away. You don't even need to tell him why. You don't owe strangers an explanation on anything. Nope, absolutely not. And that flapping noise was my dog. Yeah. What was that, Kathleen? You don't even owe non-strangers explanation. No, that's true. I mean, you really... No is a fully formed sentence. No means no. No means no. Um, but we have a, an excellent montage of all of the posters of Joey as Mario with VD. They're in Times Square. They're being 
um, glued on the side of, you know, where music posters are. They're in the windows of, like, hair salons and restaurants. So basically, like, everybody knows. And he comes into the apartment and they're, like, or the coffee shop. But they're trying not to, like, laugh at him. And Phoebe goes, you know how laughing can be infectious? (laughs) Um, I died. Right? But what really got me, Kathleen, this was so funny because life is just too wicked. They're saying something, and I think it's Chandler. But he goes, on a very special Blossom. And I was like, very special episode of Blossom. We were just watching it last night. We were just watching the one with David Schwimmer on it. And now, like, I can't handle my life sometimes when these things happen. Coincidences are freaky. Oh, my God real quick sidebar so there's this one podcast i listen to and it's they do like more supernatural stuff but they they had one episode where they were talking about this thing called god coincidence it's it's like it's it's something that is some a word that someone came up with where it's like a coincidence that seems like it's an act of god and they oh, call it a god coincidence <laughs> i don't mind that it's, it's hilarious and they joke about it still from time to time um anyway so end of sidebar so we're on it's finally thanksgiving the macy's parade is on tv ross is bummed out because you know they're not with their parents rachel's happy because she gets to leave and go skiing chandler's just standing in the doorway avoiding all of the merriness are you okay uh and joey's whining because he doesn't get to be with his parents and he guilts monica into making him tater tots whatever phoebe messes up the potatoes rachel's trying to leave and hits everyone with her skis which this is a girl who owns nothing who who left her entire life but has her skis I don't know, maybe she I got I mean, I'm just saying she got, but it's really funny. Off, cause like that off screen? You never see, like, that happen. Um, you never see her go back to get her stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's still using her dad's credit card. Who knows? So Chandler comes rushing in the apartment. Underdog has gotten away from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day float, is coming down towards their building. He's going to go to the roof. Everyone's all excited. Let's run upstairs. Now, Ross isn't there. Ross has gone to Carol and Susan's to talk to the baby. But you hear Monica go, got the keys. And everybody leaves. Okay? That's all we know. Um, so we cut to Ross at Carol's. He doesn't really want to talk to the baby. He thinks it's weird. He makes an unfortunate joke about talking into her vulva because it'll be better acoustically. Please don't. Oh, Ross. Stop. Ross, Stop. Um, but then finally does it because she says, you don't have to do it just because Susan does. He is a petty, petty child. Oh, he and Susan are having a pissing contest. Oh. 100%. Good call. I, I love that phrase, by the way. I don't, it's, it's gross, but it's true. Um, anyway, the gang returns to Monica's apartment. No one has keys. They never lock their fucking door until right now true because people just bust into the apartment all the time well i mean in a baby so maybe my knowledge of the show moving forward is coloring my knowledge of this episode right now like have we seen that they don't ever lock their door that people can just walk in i feel like we have because we've already had joey and chandler be there when like monica gets up and has a date and she doesn't want them to know that this guy's stayed over but we do know because they just show up and have, well, they have keys, like, though, eat her food. That's how they get into the, into the apartment. But Joey doesn't know where it's at. 
they have to go through a million of them before he finds that's why everything burns so monica's super pissed she starts crying yelling whatever and i think it's is it chandler that goes monica you've gone ultrasonic like only dogs can hear you now yeah i feel like that happened a couple times to me when i was a teenager when i got so upset um okay kathleen here's one for you that really stumped me ross is talking to the fetus carol's reading a magazine and he says he picked a career on a dare because everyone was telling him you got to pick a career you got to pick a career so he didn't want to be a paleontologist yeah i don't know i that really that threw me Except when they're going through the parents' uh, garage, like, seasons later, he has the uh, button on his backpack that says geology rocks, which I understand geology and paleontology aren't the same thing. He has, like, a rock polishing kit, and then he has a t-shirt, a t-shirt that says Tyrannosaurus Ross. Yeah, so, like, he didn't go, he didn't go science-y shit. Okay. But maybe he didn't pick paleontology wasn't his first choice right or maybe it's one of those stupid things where they thought the plot line would die yeah um well then carol like he starts to feel stupid again and carol says to sing and so he starts singing the monkey song which allison does not know hey I mean, hey with I, monkey I, yeah i've probably heard it but i don't know it no way i'm gonna play for you later okay um <laughs> Uh, everybody's still arguing about the keys in the hallway. They finally get into the apartment and everything is burned. Um, Joey says, you know, Which we're makes all... makes me wonder, like, how much time had elapsed. Like, I'm thinking, like, an hour. You think the turkey got burned in an hour? Because they, they, they cook over the entire day. But she said they were perfect right then. I think it took an hour for Joey to get them in the apartment. Oh, okay. Um... And they didn't do that to get to the roof? We haven't... No, no. We've seen a, a pillow fall off the fire escape, but we don't know how... So far, we don't know how they get up the fire escape. Oh, like, we haven't seen Joey and... Huh. Uh-uh. That's way later. Also, usually you're not able to get to the fire escape from the ground. They usually have, like, those retractable ladders. Yeah, because it's like a on, security thing. Yeah, so if you're on the fire escape, you can get to the ground, but you can't get right. back up after you're down. Because firefighters have to have a pole to pull it down if they need to access it from the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's a security it measure. It still doesn't reach the ground. But I'm not saying, like, I mean, they're not on ground level. They're already in an apartment, so they ran out of the apartment to go find, what, mystery stairs to the roof? Yeah, there's, like, an inside access to the roof, because that's the episode you're thinking of where Joey accidentally takes the thing that's holding the door open, and he and Ross are trapped on the roof. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so Monica says, if this is nobody's first choice, why did I make all this food? They're all yelling at each other. You know, Rachel's missed her, her flight. She can't go skiing. And Chandler says, it finally feels like Thanksgiving. <laughs> um... He is my spirit animal. So if they were only trapped outside for an hour and Rachel missed her flight, it sounds like she is at fault for not leaving earlier. True story. Um, well, this is also pre-security days where she was just planning on walking up to the gate. Yeah. 
but you still have to make your way through the airport. You still need to check those even, skis. Yeah, like even if you're not going through security, you still have to check your skis and make your way through the airport to your gate. That's still a little, a little bit of a track, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so Phoebe sees across the way that ugly naked guy is making Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden he's not alone. There's ugly naked gal, <laughs> which I told Allison would be me. You know what I meant, though. Like, this would be like if Mike, if you somebody saw Mike and I naked through like a window, we'd be we'd have been ugly naked guy and ugly naked gal. Um. So then, because it's the only food that's not burned, everyone gets tomato soup and grilled cheese. Uh, they do. They pull a grilled cheese apart like a wishbone. Chandler says he's happy their Thanksgiving sucked, and the toast, which we are totally doing, is. Here's to a lousy Christmas and a crappy new year. Yep. Um, I feel like that is the way. Let's toast to a crappy new year because then it'll be good anyway. Yep. Um, and then Joey, final scene, and I love this so much. Joey goes back to where the poster is. In the subway. In the subway station. The very first one I can imagine that he saw. He starts ripping off the bottom part of it where it says VD or, some, or, you know, there's something you don't know. It goes to, like, hemorrhoids and something else and something else. And the final one is winner of, like, three Academy Awards, and he leaves it there. Is it Tony Awards? Tony Awards, something like that. And, Kathleen, all I could think of is Robin in the subway, actual subway train, doing that because she's mad at, like, the Becky poster but she keeps pulling it down and it's like Dawn who left her mm -hmm. and then like something else and she ends up like crying on the subway. But like that's all I could think of and I never put it together before. Yeah. So there's one again where I think Hemium borrowed. Okay, can I say my final thought about this episode? Yeah. I'm so upset that the title is the one where Underdog got away and you don't actually see Underdog. I know it's because of the production value they can't actually show an escaped balloon. <laughs> But what would you have named it differently? Um, let's see. The one where Joey has VD. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Kathleen, the one where Ross talks to a fetus. Yeah, Kathleen, what would if your what would your title have been? The one with all the potatoes. <gasps> oh, that's oh, a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Potatoes, and can we talk about? Okay, I, I know that we're trying to wrap this one up, but um, Monica and I are so incredibly similar. I'm just gonna say that last year we hosted Thanksgiving and I absolutely had a panic attack. 100% crying in the closet. Oh. Trying to console me. My mother in law and my grandma being like, what is going on? And then I had to come out and apologize to everybody for ruining the holiday, which made me cry more. And then they're like, honey, you didn't ruin anything. And so I get it. Monica and me, we were like, babe. Yeah, because what is it? Ross wants potatoes with lumps, and she goes, you know, that's not how they're supposed to be. Joey wants tots, and Phoebe whipped them, and then wants to add peas and peas onions. and onions, yeah. and I imagine they're the little bulb onions. Yeah. yeah. Peas and Which onions. Kind of, sounds kind of good. But it sounds okay. Definitely. Like my mom used to make, you know, before she killed herself. Before she died. Before she died. Yeah. Um, here's what's funny. I think there's a, there's an episode where she says that, and somebody looks at her and goes, you're not allowed to use that for the rest of the year <laughs> or something. Because, like, Phoebe ends up using that line to guilt people so often. 
it's the one time she's actually kind of bad is when she invokes her mom to get away with shit. Yeah. It's really funny. I am going to train transfer to the chair really quick while we're transitioning between episodes. Okay. Do you want to take a quick break? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. We are back and we are going to go through How I Met Your Mother, episode nine, which is called Belly Full of Turkey. Now... Kathleen, did you happen to notice that on Hulu, the synopsis for this episode is actually the synopsis for Pineapple Incident? No. Yeah. Because we thought we were behind on, or like on the wrong episode. Anyway, super funny. So, Ted is talking to his kids uh, in the future about how New York at Thanksgiving is, you know, magical and it's a time for whatever, giving thanks and being nice to your fellow man, blah, blah, blah. And then we're in the bar, and they're going drinking, or they've been, yeah, they're going to, they're drinking, and it's a Thanks Teeny, which is cranberry, potato vodka, and a bouillon cube. Why do we never make these drinks ahead of recording? Well, one, that sounds disgusting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I Bouillon know. cube. I would do potato vodka and then cranberry. That sounds fine. Potato vodka doesn't taste like potatoes. No, it's just vodka. I know that. But I'm saying I would do vodka and cranberry. <laughs> vodka cranberry is one of my absolute favorite drinks. Like, yeah. absolutely favorite drinks. I love lots of cranberry and a little bit of vodka. Um, I loved that vodka we had at Halloween last year from Wild Roots. That's their, like, 100 times filtered that tastes yeah. like water. And I got a little shit-faced. <laughs> It was amazing. Okay. Uh, Ted says, if you like this, you should try his Kwanzapolitan. But fast forward to the next day, Lily has thrown up, and they blame it on the thanks teeny. And then there is a cutaway again to the bar, and it looks like there's about 12 or 14 martini glasses on the the table. So, yeah, I think everyone had their fill. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably had, like, beer in addition to that, I would imagine. Yeah, that's gross. Um... <laughs> Marshall is super excited to go home. He hasn't been since last year at Christmas. Lily, not so much. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Great. Um, so we kind of, we kind of get some foreshadowing that maybe after all these years, Lily and her, you know, soon to be, yeah, soon soon to be in laws don't really get along. Um, Ted is staying in New York. He says he has to work on Friday. Uh, Robin says she's not going anywhere because she's Canadian and they celebrated in October. And Ted goes, yeah, you're weird. You pronounce the word about a boot. And then Robin's clap back. Allison. I don't know if I can quote it. I think you should do it. Just give the general gist. Uh, America has like the most handgun violence. Our healthcare system is in shambles and something else. You're deeply divided on almost every single issue. Yeah, there you go. This was in 2005. Uh-huh. It's 2018. Nothing has changed. Nope. And in fact, it's gotten worse. Yep. Which reminds me I need to do my healthcare.gov application for next year. (laughs) Was How I Met Your Mother woke in 2005? (laughs) Kathleen, what? I just signed up for healthcare through Lowe's. Oh, nice. Um... Um, Barney says he wants to celebrate Thanksgiving in a strip club. Uh, Ted declines. So Ted and Robin decide they want to volunteer. 
Uh, Marshall's still freaking out. Where is underwear? Blah, blah, blah. They get to their destination, which is, I'm going to do it justice, yeah? St. Cloud, Minnesota. Um, Good try. Thank you. And I am quite congested today as well. Uh, I'm trying to get sick. Lily is the runt. No, Lily forgot how tall they are because at six foot four, Marshall is the runt of the family. They have to, like, one of the brothers has to duck to get through the doorway. Mm -hmm. This is kind of how I felt around Mike and his brother because they're both, like, I think Mike is six two or six three and Steve is six three or six four. So did you notice in this scene that Marshall's two brothers both have like tall blonde wives, but Marshall's the only one that has a redhead like his mom? Yeah, but when we get to the episode later where he reads the letter of to himself from uh like his fifteen year old oh, self with the rat tail. Hot, tall blonde. He wanted yeah. one of the si- like the sisters basically and then Lily looks at him and goes, That's okay, you just described your mother. So, I mean, really the only thing that Lily has in common with Judy is the red hair. Yeah. By the way, Kathleen, Marshall's mom's name is Judy, and so is Ross and Monica's mom. This is true. What 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 are you adding, dear? You had your... Did you oh, need... no, I was listening to you. Okay. You want to know what I'm adding? What? This little baby cat. She's showing me Radley Cat. We're going to show Radley Cat on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to turn her up some. She's peeing really yes. slower. Stay close to your mic, kiddo. Okay. Um. Anyway, so they're super excited to see Marshall and Lily. Um, the dad says, hey, get your skates on. We're going to go play Basque Ice Ball. And they explain that it's a combination of hockey with a basketball and whatever. And Lily goes, not Ice Kit Ball which does make more sense. It rolls off the tongue a little bit better than Basque Ice Ball. So then Marshall's dad's like, Ice Get Ball. And all I can think of is Jimmy Fallon's Sarah, where where someone will say, have you ever heard of such and such? And she'll be like, she'll like, like, give me a word. Is this the ew? Yes, the ew. Oh. Like. Uh, I can't think of it. I've seen only a couple of those sketches. Yeah. Well, so like. Yeah. They do, like, a speed round of you, and okay. then at the end, the guest host will be like, have you ever heard of such and such? So, like, if we said basketball, she'd be like, basketball. <laughs> like, she, like, really Doesn't pauses say. on each sem- yeah, syllable, yeah. and so, like, when Marshall's dad did that and paused on each syllable, it reminded me of that for some reason. Ice cat ball? Yeah. yeah. Instead of ice cat ball? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. basically like ill. Yeah. Um, Lily says she wants to play. They're like, no, it's too dangerous for you. You're a girl. And she's like, well, your brother throws like a girl. And Marcus takes the basketball and pings her in the head and drops her. Mm-hmm. And then Ju- Judy, like, is like, Marcus. But she's smiling, so she thinks it's funny. You know she does. Hilarious. I, yeah, I think we're, we're already seeing a little, well, yeah, a little bit of, like, Marshall's mom maybe doesn't exactly approve of Lily. Yeah. Um... So Ted and Robin show up at a homeless shelter. Barney is there. They have a little exchange, and he's like, I'm doing God's work or something. And Ted goes, but you're Satan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the director of, like, the homeless or the food people basically comes out and says, uh, go home, we're full. Like, the number one volunteering day of the year. We don't need you. you know, Barney says they're cool. They can stay. Um, he's like, I have to go give out some food and some smiles. 
When Barney, when Barney is fake like this, I want to vomit. Every time. I mean, he's so good at it, but it's so terrible. So, uh, oh, back in St. Cloud, Judy gives Lily an apron that says Mrs. Erickson, and I realized that something I had done on Twitter like yesterday or the day before, I spelled Erickson wrong, so I've been... Uh, corrected. It's E-R-I-K-S-E-N which is very Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily says something about I can make this frisé salad with a <coughs> lot yeah and a lime something vinaigrette which sounds amazing. Yeah. I want to try it. So it's just showing that Lily's a little too fancy for them. Oh no what did the sister say? After this is America. This, this is, is American a, holiday. This is American holiday. I, could, I guess because the ingredients sounded foreign to her. Maybe a little Italian and or French, but no, that's not a problem. Like, no, no, because I, I think the sister thought yeah. that. So, She's uh, off. yeah. So they give her the recipe card for the seven layer salad. Now, just because, again, we love Hey Beautiful, Kate and Caitlin doing their Hymium recaps. Someone made this for Thanksgiving, like oh, this, and put it on Pinterest. Yuck. And I, I, I honestly believe because somebody else did the trifle recently too. Like mm-hmm. they've done the trifle on like BuzzFeed or Refinery Twenty Nine or something and made people eat it. But somebody just did the seven layer salad, and I don't remember if people actually ate it, but it's it has gummy bears in it. That's nasty. It's a hard pass for me. I cannot even get that close to mayonnaise. Oh, she, yeah. Oh, it's I mean, real yeah, fun. Like, Erickson was going to be my mother-in-law, and she said, could you make this salad with 16 cups of mayonnaise? I'd be like, sorry, babe. This is grounds for my dismissal. Right. Wow. You're nasty. You're nasty. <laughs> well, all I can kind of think of is, like, Kitty Foreman from that 70s show and, like, the pigs in a blanket, and it's all very 70s. Like, this kind of salad is very reminiscent of, like... Mm-hmm. Or the movie Mermaids with Cher, when, like, yes. she only knows how to make, basically, like, appetizers slash finger foods. And my grandma did make a really good jello salad when I was a kid, though, that was the most random thing. So it would be a layer of green jello, and then it would be, like, whipped cream with lemons and, like, something else in the middle, almost like cream cheese, and then another layer of jello. It was so 70s, but I love it. It's kind of like the the jello salad my mom makes that I've made for you guys. It's super random and most people, I mean, it's cottage cheese, whipped cream, and jello mix and fruit. Most people might think it's pretty nasty. I love it. But it's also not really good for you. Like no. it's, it's, it's a salad, but it's dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate, though, that Kathleen keeps mayonnaise at the house for me and Trevor, even though she won't touch it. Trevor hardly eats it. You eat it the most. And... I okay, made so, a sandwich. So when we had... Kathleen, um, what, what do you put on your sandwiches? So, nothing. You eat a dry sandwich? No, the turkey and the cheese make it moist. It has a moist maker. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've known a lot of people who will sub out ranch or sub out cream cheese or sub... You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, like I gotta have a, something... Cheese. Yeah. And that shit is delicious. I need to have some more of that. Right. I had a friend who would use ranch 
made a French, um, which some of it does have like real homemade, has a mayo in it, but store bought whatever. But she would put that in her tuna fish. Ooh, no, no. So she would make tuna fish salad with ranch. No. Yeah, she hated mayo too. She, if we went to like Wendy's on lunch at school and they put mayo on her on her sandwich, she just handed it over to me. Oh. I was like, thanks. Um. Anyway. No, I don't mind mayonnaise, but you can't you can't overdo it. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. For sure. Fifteen cups is over fucking doing yeah. it. Oh, for sure. So, Marshall comes back in. They're on a like a little halftime thing from Basque Ice Ball. And his cheeks are red, and he's, like, and his accent is back so hard. Like, it's so cute. Um, and he says to Lily, now do you understand why everyone from my high school stays in St. Cloud? And she's just like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, this is so funny. So we're back at the homeless shelter, and Barney says, like, one of the worst things that I think he says in the whole whatever. But he says doing... This volunteer work gives him a soul boner. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's the best feeling. And Robin goes, a couple days ago you told us the best feeling was getting your toes sucked. That's also a hard pass for me. Don't touch my toes. Don't let your toes touch me. Toes do not come into foreplay. Toes do not, like, don't even touch me with your toes in bed. I will murder. I don't like toes. I think I should just end there. Thank you. Um, (laughs) End of statement. So, Ted really wants to go serve some food. Barney says no. Basically, what it came down for me is Barney won't let Ted play. Like, this is a game, and he won't let Ted play. Um, Back to Lily, and she has just completed the gummy bear layer. And (laughs) now it's on to the potato chip layer. I will say, I do love a sweet and savory salad. But not this way. No, no, no. Not this way. By sweet and savory, we mean, like, nuts and berries. Or, like, how my mom's salad has, like, the peas and the chestnuts, but also with, like, well, tomatoes are kind of sweet. I know you don't eat them, but, like, the tomatoes and the whatever. For me, that's where you get, like, sweet and savory. Anyway. And acidity from the tomatoes. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, there's a little bit of baby talk in the kitchen. Um, Mrs. Erickson says... um, does she actually say, like, when are you guys going to? Yeah. Or, yeah, I think she does, right? Yeah. And then she pulls out the turkey and she says, or no, Lily goes, I'm too young. And she's like, well, I was younger than you when I had Marcus. And he wasn't much smaller than this. He was 15 pounds, not much Not much smaller than, the smaller than this turkey. They thought he was twins. So, real quick, they never thought I was twins, but there was whatever complications. I was almost 11 pounds. My mom and I both almost, like, died. So, don't tell me 15. I mean, I know that 15-pound babies, I think even the world record's, like, an 18-pound baby, but that's not funny. You don't, like, that takes, yeah. You know that that baby caused some problems. Well, yeah, that's just it. Like, I was stuck, you know, and my heart rate was dropping, and she was, like, and then it was an emergency C-section, and, like, all the, you know, I mean, it's not, mm, All the things. All the things. Um, we get our first, I believe our first, of Robin playing Have You Met Ted mm-hmm. to someone at the shelter. Um, Robin then lies to this woman and says, I used, we used to date, but I wasn't enough for him 
something something and sexually. Oh my god. So, Kathleen. Mm-hmm. A, I don't know that I've ever played this for a guy friend. I mean, I just don't think I would have said that. Mm-hmm. But B, if you met a dude who was maybe cute, Ted's cute, right? Ted Mosby Architect. And this very attractive woman was with him, right? You think they're friends, but that's just it. The woman says, oh, is that your girlfriend? And Robin comes over and is like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm... Wouldn't it be better for Robin to have just said, no, I'm just a really good friend of his. You should go out with him, though. He's a really good guy. Not, oh, I'm his ex, but his dick was too big and I couldn't handle it. You should. That's so fucking that's, creepy. None yep. of that is good. None of that is good. Stop! So, like, me saying, oh, I really want to, but I can't, or I really, what did Phoebe say? I'd love to help you move, but I don't want to. Yeah, I'd love to help you, but I don't want to. Okay, yeah. but, like, the girl is interested, and in that way, I feel like it's perpetuating the stereotype that girls want a big one. No, we don't. No, we do not want that. Adequately sized penis. Yes, and and someone who knows what the to national do average other is things more than enough, right? Um, we are not talking about our own partners. We are saying we want adequately sized penises for on our partners towards our bodies. Yeah, like, I don't know what the national average is. I know what my body wants and needs, and yeah. there is a stopping point. Right? Ow. Um, well, so the national average actually is the stopping point for most women. Yes, yeah. FYI. No, yeah. she knows. We know. We know. We we learned that a lot about that at, at uh, like conferences and stuff. Um. Anyway, so they're moving around. Some... So FYI for the listeners, I know I know you guys know. Yeah. Uh. Oh, sorry. You're right. Duh. We are talking to other people, not just the three of I may have just had a moment where that I wasn't. That was not a clap back at you or Kathleen. Where I forgot that there's actually other people listening. <laughs> and there are, because we're already at like almost 350 listens. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just had a moment. Um, I'm now nervous. Uh, they move around some boxes, and we find that Barney is Volunteer of the Year. Uh, like holding a ladle in the picture, too. Um, we're back at dinner in St. Cloud. And there's some, like, funny talk about, so one of the sister-in-laws brings in the baby and says, he's only three months old. Yeah, that kid's a year, whatever. A hundred percent. And also, she's pregnant again? And pregnant enough to be showing. Like, super showing. Although, that is playing into the Erickson stereotype of ginormous babies. Right, right. Um, And the dad says something like, well, that sperm, it's got two tails and a drill bit for a head. That's gross. If my soon-to-be father-in-law was talking about what was going to happen to my, like, eggs and in my, like, I'm out. And Marge is like, stop, Dad, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me. me. (laughs) Oh, this plays into, like, like, you know, seasons later we're going to learn that um, somebody told Marshall that his grandpa got his grandma pregnant just by holding her hand in a car. Oh, no, I think they lied to me. (laughs) Like, he's so sweet. I love him. Um, and he says something like, well, she's an Erickson, and she's like, no, I'm going to keep my name, and you can kind of see Marshall start to, like, waver of, like, let's not have this conversation right now, or, you know, we still haven't discussed it, and she's like, yeah, we have, I'm keeping my name, um, but Erickson is a great name, and she's like, yeah, if you live in St. Cloud, but we're going to live in New York, and it's a great place to raise kids, and they all guffaw. I mean... I like Portland, and not to compare Portland to New York, but 
my sister and I had this conversation a couple years ago where she was like, well, if you did ever have a kid, I think you'd really like keeping them in Portland because, like, there's the zoo and there's, like, there's so much. Our friend Vanessa, who has three kids, um, got a zoo membership and they used to go all the time. Like, there's so much cool stuff. Not to say that I wouldn't still consider, like, moving back to Bend. I feel like that has more to do with your support system than the town itself. Your support system and also, like, the kind of things you want to raise your kid around. Right. And, I mean, so I just feel like they're they're completely discounting that Lily has a support system in New York, which she does. Like, we haven't met her dad yet, but we know her mom lives there. We know, like, she has friends there. Ted's there. Robin. Bar- like her grandparents, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Out on, yeah, out on Long Island. Like, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, it almost makes me mad that whole, like... Our town is better than your... I mean, I'm sorry to say that I feel like people in Bend do this about Portland a lot, though, too. Like, a lot of my friends who have either stayed in Bend after high school, blah, 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 had kids, or come back and done the same thing. Why do you want to stay in Portland? It's terrible. I I like Portland just fine, guys. Like, And I also like coming back to visit at Bend. Like, one isn't better than the other. I can't find a job in Bend, so how is that better? Yeah. Although I do want to come live with Kathleen. You can. I don't live in bed. I know. I love your property so much. Um, okay. Back to the uh, shelter. Ted realizes that Amanda is stealing food. Basically, anything good that people have um, donated, she's taking. And then uh, we cut back to Marshall's family, and he's like kind of arguing with Lily. But he says, why are we talking about this now? This is, like, years from now. And she looks at the turkey, and it's kind of like, no, it's not, because in the back of her head, we finally realize that she really does think that she's pregnant. Like, that's why she ralphed. They're talking about it in there. Um, Kathleen, did you happen to notice that on the garnish for this turkey is a thing of black grapes? No. Like, where the turkey opening is, it's like a bunch of black grapes. I didn't notice it until we watched it today. It was, I don't get it. Which we should that's have Googled really terrible. and seen if that's, like, a common garnish. I can't imagine, but, like... I mean, I've never seen it, but maybe it is. Yeah. Um, so Lily, like, says that she has to go to the bathroom, but she hops in a car and she drives away. Um, oh, when Ted realized that Amanda was stealing food, he grabs all the portobello mushrooms and he goes and throws them at, the, at people well, to eat. Well, he tries to tell the manager Yeah, why. and he's like, oh, you took the food before I could, so... Basically, the volunteers are stealing food. Um, yeah. Volunteerism isn't what it used to be. Um, but Barney yells at Ted that he got him kicked out, or, uh, or not, oh, not to, like, not to not be cool. Then Kendall says, I need you to sign the timesheet. They find out that Barney's not a volunteer. He's on court-mandated community service because he peed on a building, which happened to be a church, that the judge attended. Yeah. How many, like, that's, New York is not that small. I mean, but neighborhoods are. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think New York has neighborhoods like, much like Portland does. No, they do, but does that mean a judge is going to oversee the court? I'm just saying. It, a coincidence. It's, it's a god, it's a god coincidence. It's a god coincidence. It's a god coincidence. <laughs> um, and Ted I'm goes, saying, you kind of, ticket for pee, public urination. 
Yeah, that's what, like, they kind of, sh- he's in an alley, and, like, there's dumpsters around him. I figure, how did somebody see him? But anyway. Just saying, from personal experience, you have to be a giant asshole to get a ticket for public urination. Yeah. Okay, good to because know. Because we were being excessive assholes and did not get tickets. Oh. So, I'm just saying, you really have to be pushing some boundaries. Oh my god, Kathleen, I love you. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I really promised myself I was going to stop saying um tonight, by the way, Allison, and I really haven't. You're okay. It's hard for me to form words right now. If you want me to start flicking you every time you say um, you have to flick me every time I say like. Oh god, we're just going to be bruised. Yep. Ted says, finally says to Barney, you are evil. This is where Ted tells on Amanda, and Ken, we find out Kendall is stealing too, and oh, then sorry. he I tries to go give the food. No, I did too. Then he tries to go give the food to the homeless, so he's throwing big portobello mushrooms at people, but they're uncooked, which, like, I mean, I know you can, like, but big ones, like, you kind of want to cook them. Yeah. Um, Those are the kind that people sub in for hamburger patties. Oh, my God. Those ones that are that are at the grocery store pre-made with the cheese and stuff in them, and oh, you just grill them. So oh, my good. God, they're so good. No. Yes, you're wrong. She doesn't eat yes, tomatoes or mushrooms. I'm with you on tomatoes. I'm not with you on mushrooms. Well, I will eat the hell out of some tomato soup and grilled cheese. Oh, oh, absolutely agree. I don't like raw tomatoes. Oh, can we do that while I'm home? Yeah, I promise. I make the best ones. Ask Trevor. Um, it's too bad that we, well, you know, who makes the best grilled cheese sandwiches? It's Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. I love Jane I mean, the Virgin. I mean, she does, but my <laughs> Real damn close to Jane. Okay. Um, so we see Lily at a convenience store. She's getting the pregnancy test. She has an interaction with the clerk. This is very Juno-esque, like that whole funny scene too, which came way later, I, th- I think. Either way. Um, but she calls she calls it a suburban nightmare. A, a family of giants is trying to trap me in their suburban nightmare. Um, oh, you know the Ericsons? You know the Ericsons? You must be Marshall's fiance. You're much smaller than... Or, you're, you're taller than described. You're taller than described. <laughs> and what's funny is, like, we're going to find out later that, like, St. Cloud and the, and the people in Minnesota, like, have a thing against Canadians. But what's funny is their accents are the same. Well, Do you know what I'm they saying? Mentioned that in that episode that they're very much the same people, but there's this rivalry yeah. between them. Um, so she asks where the bathroom is. He says he doesn't have one. How do you go? And he says, "I hold it." And then he slurps down a drink, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Okay, but doesn't a gas station have to have a bathroom, even for just for the employees, and even if it's not open to the public? I don't know. I mean, pretty sure businesses have to have a restroom. Yeah, they like, do not have to provide it to. Customer. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they have to have it for the employees. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Because you you're, like, legally required to give them, like, bathroom breaks and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Ted, Robin, and Barney have been kicked out of the shelter to help. Mm-hmm. Barney holds up his plaque and screams at Ted, Volunteer of the Year! And then Ted says, How can I make it up to you? And Barney's like, I'm glad you asked. Now, there is a thought in my head that Barney planned this. That somehow I mean, he is really, really, really good. He is at diabolical. Getting back to himself. Well, no, that's true. So, so I was. I'm, I'm with you. I'm t- yeah. I'm torn. Ahead of time, 
Yeah. Ducky die. Ducky die. Yes. So I'm torn. Did he just really quickly see the opportunity of Ted feeling bad and saying, let's go to a strip club? Or did he maybe play in for something, like, you know, push Ted's buttons enough that something was going to happen and Ted was going to owe him one? Just saying. Barney is diabolical. Um, I think in this case it really was just a moment of coincidence. Okay. But. Yeah. Plays the groundwork for some other things. Okay. Um, we find out Lily's been arrested for public urination. Marshall shows up together and the cop goes, no problem, Marsh. So, knows him. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to Google how small St. Cloud, Minnesota actually is. Oh, you want to Google it really quick? Sure. Um, he says, why did you pee outside? And she says, you know, I don't fit in here. I'm not Funyuns or whatever. And Marshall says, but I am Funyuns, gummy bears, and mayo, which I've had this feeling before. Like, I was raised a little bit country. You know, I am, like, venison and, and hunting and all those things. And then other times I'm kind of like, let's go to Urban Fondue and, like, dip things in cheese. Yes, Allison. Okay, so as of 2017, the population of St. Cloud, Minnesota was 67,984. So that's close enough for me in size to, like, bend that I don't run into that many people that I know anymore. Mm -hmm. Although people, like, last summer or two summers ago when I was driving Uber and Lyft, I had a Bend PD uh, person ride with me and make a comment, and I said my last name, and he's like, oh, I know your dad. Yeah. But that's also because, I mean, my dad was on the Deschutes County Sheriff's Department for, like, 35 years. So, I'm just saying. Like... I mean, I run into people... Okay. So, it can be... I mean, I... There are lots of reasons that I left Orange County, but one of the things was I was tired of running into the same people. I'm not talking, like, my good friends and my family, but, like, there were people that I was tired of running into that I was tired of seeing that I needed to move away from. Yeah. So I get that, and Orange County is a hell of a lot bigger than St. Cloud, Minnesota. True story. Um, anyway, so Lily's trying to like explain to him why she did it, and the cop walks in with her belongings and says, you know, one pregnancy test. So the look on both of their faces is, you know, like pretty, like what's happening right now. But here's what bothered me is in the duel just one episode ago – uh, Marshall brags basically that he and Lily aren't that careful with their birth control, and that's why they need the second bedroom from Ted. No, I think no, it was yes, it was a brag in the duel, but like I think he was just trying. Right. That that I don't really believe to be true. Yeah, so Lily can't bring herself to look. The cop did, so you hear him yell from off screen, "It's negative," and she's like, "Oh, thank God!" They hug each other, and then she's like, "And hey." Because no one has any fucking boundaries in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I guess not. Boundaries anywhere. That's true. Um, so we're back at the strip club. Oh, we, we, we are at the strip club. Barney got them to go. Ted tells Robin, do you know why I have to work on Friday? My uh, architecture firm is designing a tobacco company building. So on the side of cancer, I'm with cancer. Or in the fight against cancer, I'm on the side of cancer. Um... Barney says, if you want to do one good thing today, you can buy a homeless man a lap dance. He tries to offer the guy food. The guy's like, no, I've already been to three shelter dinners. And Barney goes, but he hasn't been to heaven with Samantha. Um, So we go back and forth. There's We go back to the Erickson dinner. Everyone's getting along and eating. The Funyun seven-layer salad is like half gone. 
we go back to the strip club. So you club. have to eat that like a few layers at a time because if it's seven no, layers, you gotta you like scoop down. down the it's side and pull up. No, no, no. That's no. how you do it with our layered salad, even yeah, though it's super you don't have deep. Seven deep I, layers. No, well, no. Um. Anyway, so Ted's over at the um, buffet. Stripper walks up to him and says, "Hey, do you did you want to dance? Like, you know, are you gonna buy a dance?" And he's like, "No, thank you." And she's like, "Well, I saw what you did for that guy. It was really sweet. My name's Amber." And he's like, "My Ted, I'm Ted." And then she goes, "Kathleen, did you catch this?" I did. What is her name? Which is the mother. Yes, and and so that's what's even funnier. And she, and he goes to the kids, and that's how I met your mom. And they go, what? He was fucking with them. So no, no, no. So that's where I'm wondering is, was it just a happy coincidence that twenty some years in the future, he her name really was Tracy, and he can say that to them and be telling the truth while also still freaking out, or did he make up the name in order to freak them out? No, he was fucking with them. You think? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's the end of that episode. So, um, we should wrap up because I don't want to go too much longer. We're, we're already over an hour. Mm -hmm. Who, does anybody have their friend of the day right off the top of their head? You gotta think of one. Kathleen, do you have one? Yeah, it's Monica because we're the same. Okay, good. Um. I mean, yeah, I can see Monica. Because she did try to do this really nice thing, but there was just so much going on that it just overwhelmed her. Yeah. Absolutely can see that. What did you say, Kathleen? That yeah. she really was trying to take care of everybody else again. Yeah. Um, okay, when we were watching it earlier today, I felt like I had someone, like, I was ready to, like, say someone, and it wasn't a normal, like, character that we think of. And it's completely left my head. And I really don't have a friend of the day because on the, like, if if it was not Kathleen, really Monica, I would have been like, dude, you should have told us you were overwhelmed. Like, that's not, again, like how Phoebe is like, I would love to help you, but I don't want to. It doesn't do anybody any good to take on too much responsibility pointing at you, little one. Um, but, oh, actually... Mm, I did have it. I had already thought of it. Mine is, um, Susan. <laughs> I'm on board with that. My friend of the day for, for this episode is Susan. Because she's so lost about sexuality. And she does it so deadpan. <clears throat> that, like I said, the writing for that character, while there are still some things that come up between, like, the whole, like, exploring lesbianism, um, in, you know, nighttime television in the 90s. But, like, that she can look at him and be like, why, you're going to ask this question about these books? We can read whatever we want to. Like, you know, that's the same way as, like, you and I have editor books. Would that, I mean, not to, I'm not putting them on the same level. I'm just also saying, like, if there's a topic you're interested in, Mm -hmm. I've bought books. Yeah, I've bought books about, like, a happy marriage before, and I've never even been close to marriage. So. They're still a pretty marginalized group. So, like. Yeah. Any literature about you and how you identify is a pretty amazing thing yeah. if you're in a group that's marginalized like that. Yeah. Kathleen. I agree. I mean, you don't have to, and, and we also need to think about, like, where we were in the 90s. We didn't, we as the general public did not really have the internet, so you couldn't just Google lesbian, and you still should not Google lesbian, because that's going to take you to the porn. Right. To the porn. But, like, I mean, there were, there were less ways for 
you to get information on any topic, whether that's photography or guitar or how to be a good lesbian. I mean, it just wasn't out there. Well, and I have to figure that some of those books may have been actually, like, you know, poetry by and about and for people who are... Oh, yeah. Because, like, I took... Sexual wellness. Right, right. Yeah, and I took women's studies once. Our um, bodies ourselves. Right? And we read, like, a lot of short stories that were basically, like, exploring what it meant to be, at the time, what was called, like, a lipstick lesbian, or, you know, what the term butch really, like, meant to somebody. And it was, I I really, I'm trying to remember the book that we read. It was great. And so in that sense, like, if someone saw that on my shelf... I wouldn't expect them. Do you know? But it would be like a one-off book. It wouldn't be a whole shelf. No, no, I know. But that's why I kind of wonder if the books that he's looking at aren't, if they're more like short stories and fictional, he's still, Ross is terrible right now. I'm just saying. Susan's awesome. You know, like I did mention earlier in the episode that she rubbed me the wrong way because it did seem like she was forcing Ross out. And in a way, she was, and yes, that did rub me the wrong way, but right. the more that I sit with it, she's also fighting for her place, and in that way, they've kind of got this complicated side character who has this, like, rich tapestry of being a real person yeah. going on. She and might I, actually be one of the this more... This is my favorite scene with her so far. She, she might be one of the more real people that we've met so far, yeah. you know, because everybody else is a, almost a caricature of someone you know mm-hmm. or would expect to meet in the village of New York City in 1994. Right. So, and, like, fisting contests that I mentioned earlier, they, they're both fighting for their place, and I feel, think they both feel a little threatened by each other because they both feel like the other has something in their court that they don't. Yeah. And, I don't know, I, I like her. She's very real to me, and, like you said, she's more real than the others who are very much character, yeah. characters and of different well, personality types. Go. If we could all just rock Susan's hair. Oh, my God, I love we her both, hair. No, <laughs> she said that, and I was like, I wish that when my hair was that long, it looked that good. Like... So I'm growing just... my hair out for everybody who same what my hair looks like. I'm growing it out. I'm kind of in that weird hippie stage. Huge shout out to my father. We have the same haircut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I look I look like my father. It's great. I love him. Um, but I'm really trying to grow it out. And when I do, I'm going to have a nice little sit down with Sierra and say, this is what I want. Yeah. Make it happen and tell me what I have to do every day. Yeah, I need to see her again when I'm down for Christmas. So, um, yeah, Kathleen and I see the same person because we have very similar hair. And I am now at the cross between, like, Gert from E.T. (laughs) and the I need to see your manager woman at Target. You don't quite have the stack in the back for the, the second one. No, it's true. And the yeah. curl is gone right now. But the link is right. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, that is it for these two. Um, we will be back next week. We may take a break right around Christmas, but we want to power through um, the ho- more holiday-themed episodes because there is a New Year's Eve one, if I remember correctly. Um because somebody needs, everybody needs to kiss Chandler or somebody needs to kiss Chandler. And then, um, but again, we are definitely looking for listener input on their friend of the day from any of the episodes that we have covered or are about to cover. Um, we would love some so feedback. any episode that ever existed. Well, that's true. But if they do it on, like, the last episode of the series, we're not going to talk about it for a while. So, like... 
they need it, I want it to be closer to things that we can actually be like and listener mail and we're gonna like read it um can we make a promise right now that when we watch the series finales and record we watch them together and then record right afterwards <gasps> yeah okay. in like 10 years um <laughs> 10 years <laughs> put on the calendar so find us on twitter and instagram you know the handles our email is how i met your friends at gmail.com well, i think someone is just jumping in on this episode they may not know the handles i put it in the info box on every single pod oh okay they know i didn't know they can did find that. it you... only if they know where to look and how to read oh my god it's how i met your friends <laughs> on instagram all spelled out and on twitter you can search by either how i met your friends or the at symbol and it's H I M Y friends pod. But if you just search how I met your friends, you will find us. If you search how I met your mother, you're also going to find Hey Beautiful. And I have no problem with that because you should absolutely be listening to Kate and Caitlin as well. And with that, I'm done. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> oh, we're good. Kathleen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to really think about it. Were you going to philosophize for a second? Until next week, um, it has been fun, ladies. My back feels much better, so thank you for everyone um, powering through while I recorded half of this while lying on the floor. So, all right. Bye. 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 Bye.